I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's up, my dino folks? My dino brethren? I've got a Patreon! Oh, this is Matthew Donald, by the way. You probably should know whose Patreon you're signing up for before you sign up for it. Just a handy life tip, listeners, at patreon.com slash matthewdonald. There you can find bonus content for both the Ritwit and Paleobites, my two podcasts. For the Paleobites bonus content, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals. And this month, we're talking about Dinotopia, a land apart from time! This is the one that started it all in the Dinotopia franchise. The lovingly illustrated picture book extravaganza written and illustrated by James Gurney. It's great stuff. It's an amazing world. I would love to live there, except for the lack of internet. I couldn't live without the internet. Link is in the description for where you can sign up to the Patreon, especially if you're looking at this from Libsyn. It's right there at the bottom, paleobites.libsyn.com. It's right down there. Thank you for your support. Have a lovely day. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast that scientists still debate is either a hunter or a scavenger. Although we all know it's actually a parasite. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Matthew Donald, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by someone... Who? Oh God! How do I come up? I need to come up with something now. Yeah, come up with a funny name for yourself. I'm I'm out. I'm I'm running on empty. <laughs> well, as a child, I was a wannabe marine biologist. The wannabe marine biologist herself, Natasha <laughs> Trek. How are you? I am doing well. Yeah, yeah it's a good day today. It's a bit earlier than I usually like to. But you get up so early, so I'm like, let's. And this is like late, late, late morning for you. But 10 a.m. is generally considered a little bit later for me. Well, and then usually that like I get up like around like eight every morning usually. But like I just like to have to get up and then have to take the th- 30 minute drive here and also have to get here early enough to get everything ready and also have to get here early enough to make sure I get something to eat. You know, ah, it's just like bleh, I'm still waking. Uh, also, I'm... I take Benadryl at night, so I'm just like bleh, when I wake up. And when I'm working um, and I well, this will change by the time this comes out. Uh, I'm getting up at between 2 and 3 a.m. for... Holy crap. And getting to work between 4 and 6 a.m. at the latest. Oh, God. Oh, God, how do you do it? After you do it for a number of years, in different industries, you get used to it. Yeah. I am used to being up before the sun. I am used to watching the sunrise. (laughs) Uh, And then being up 
usually slightly past sunset. Yeah. With a short nap if I can find the time right. thrown in, depending on my day and <laughs> how that's all playing out. Yeah. Wow. That that's that's crazy, man. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, and you get used to it after a while. Yeah, I guess that's true. With any sort of thing, you'd get used to it. Hey, hey, so here's the question I'm going to ask you, and I said I would ask you this time after last time. If you could take a dinosaur, a priest, or a creature with you on the bus to deal with some interesting you know, characters that you might come across on your journeys <laughs> as a bus driver, which creature would you bring, and what would it do? Well, as silly as that sounds, I do want a velociraptor because yes. they're small, they're compact, but... They're ferocious. <laughs> yep. And would be good for the scare value. They would be. They'd be like, ah, what is that thing? It yeah, doesn't look anything good. like it does in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, let it wander around. And then it can sit on top of the headrest mm-hmm. while in motion or something like that. Yep, they could just look at people threateningly. Hiss occasionally. Yep. <laughs> and since we know they were covered in feathers... You know, or how birds can fluff their feathers up to make themselves look bigger. Yep, and... yep, and then just kind of like open their mouths, like, <laughs> and they had very bird-like wings too. Like, like their wing feathers were quite developed, like so, which is quite awesome. It was, and they could just be, they could just kind of spread them out, like. Uh... I'm sure they had some pretty cool threat displays, but yes, one of those because they're small and compact, and they've got teeth. And they got teeth, and they got those big sickle claws on their foot, you know. Yes. So they basically. Why don't modern a, birds have those? They, they, they'd basically be a, well, a prehistoric cat. <laughs> prehistoric cat, but the size of a large eagle, like in that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I mean, this, though, you, we talk about sickle claws. Have you seen the talons on some of the larger eagles? I guess that's true, but they don't really have just one prominent one, though. They're no. all. Big though. No, but I mean, sheesh, the claws on harpy eagles. Oh man. Oh. Well, oh. I'm assuming they have to be pretty strong to so grab monkeys out of the forest. So. Yeah, we're talking multiple inches long. Yeah. The American bald eagle is an impressive animal, but it pales to the harpy eagle. Well, yeah. When it comes to well, that's that's usually size. how it is in America. You know, we got one. We're like, oh, we're so big, we're so cool, and then it's actually like, I oh, know, like, you know, other people have a bad. Well, <laughs> North America does have some pretty impressive wildlife. Oh no, I'm just talking about like the U.S. in yeah, general. Where I'm just like, we're, we're, we're like, talking, U.S. If we're talking about American <laughs> egotism, that's another episode. That's where I get to go completely unfiltered, <laughs> and we put lots of content warnings. <laughs> it's the, I don't even know if there's like a pure American diet. I guess T-Rex is pretty American. But like, there's not a dinosaur that just is like USA, USA. Yeah, there's like very patriotic. Like, I don't know. There's not a bald eagle source or (laughs) turkey source or like a, I don't know, an America source. There's ever an America source. I'll cover it on whenever one of these episodes falls on Fourth of July, (laughs) and then we'll be like USA, USA in a mocking way, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Because why not? We're Americans. We mock everything. Yeah, and like one shamelessly. One group we like to mock is those bloody Australians. And speaking of which, (laughs) we're talking about Mutaburrasaurus, which means Mutabura lizard, after the Mutabura region in Queensland, Australia, that it was found. Uh, so, good day, mate. <laughs> yes, good day. Good day, indeed. I listen to a lot of Australian podcasts. They're quite funny. <laughs> and their rugby team's quite formidable. Yes, yes, they got some good... They're in the top also, five. Also, Australian football is weird, man. I have yet to watch it. It's played in an oval-shaped arena. And I've heard it makes American football look 
safe. <laughs> this is crazy because American football is just so many people just smashing into each other. <laughs> there's some there's whole groups of people whose whole job, the blockers, is just to smash into each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, even growing up here in the U.S., I never understood American football. Yeah. I tried. I genuinely tried, and I tried to like it. I think it's probably my favorite sport, which doesn't say much. I don't really like sport, but only because there's a lot of actually a lot of strategy to it, like the different formations, how you get each player going to certain ways. It's kind of like a tabletop pl- role playing game in that regard. You gotta play things, anticipate moves. I like that part of it, but I still don't really like it. I'm not really a big you sports know. guy, so. And then I got introduced to rugby while at the University of Northern Colorado. Yeah, I remember you played that. and Played for two years. Yep, getting I, a scrum, you know. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's fun, it's rougher, and it's faster moving. Yes. But it's also safer than American football. Well, that's, that's crazy to think about because rugby, I've heard, is kind of vicious too, though. It is vicious. <laughs> yeah, like... But there are certain things that if... There are certain lines, if you cross, you're off the field. Oh, yes. And depending Unsportsman-like on... like conduct. Oh, big time. <laughs> and there are certain offenses where the team can't replace you if you're thrown off the field and they have to play one man down. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... All right, so, uh, Mudabarasaurus. Type is a rhabdodontid, a group of ornithopod dinosaurs closely related to the guanodontids, a.k.a. the not-quite-duckbills group. You know, the ones that had the general body plan of the duckbill dinosaurs, but they didn't actually have the duckbills themselves. Um, you know, like a guanodon. We all know a guanodon, right? Yes, We've all we seen all Disney's dinosaur. <laughs> um, and every other movie that they're featured in. Yep. Uh, there's not really a lot of movies featuring guanodons. They're not in Jurassic Park yet. I mean, they're in Jurassic Park video games, but... No, but weren't they heavily in Land Before Time? Oh, uh, maybe in one of them. I don't know. One of the, one of them. I'll get to actually one of them that that had this one in it. Uh, all right, size twenty four or twenty six feet slash seven point five to eight meters long, two point eight to three point one tons. Uh, diet herbivore. Time mid Cretaceous, one hundred five to one hundred three million years ago. Location Queensland, Australia, as we said before. It was described in nineteen eighty one. Pop culture appearances. Walking with Dinosaurs had a memorable appearance of them in their Antarctic episode, which was connected to Australia back in the Cretaceous. It depicted them as summer migrants who came to Antarctica for the plentiful amount of plants to eat. As back then, Antarctica had no permafrost and thus had trees and bushes in a humid yet chilly rainforest-like environment, kind of like New Zealand today. It's interesting to imagine Antarctica like that. Yeah, it's a polar rainforest. No, not all rainforests are tropical. No, definitely not. Like nowadays, we got a lot of temperate rainforests, like in like Uh, in uh, Washington and yes. And Much like- of North America. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Up there, up there in the up north. There. Yeah, it's a 
temperate rainforest. And it spans all the way across to Russia. And Yep, that's true. So, it's pretty wet. As long as it's a forest that's got a lot of rainfall, it counts as a rainforest. doesn't matter where in the world it is. Yes. So, uh, we, and when you say rainforest, it's true that most people think of tropicals. Mm-hmm. And tropicals are absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. They are so dense, full of, packed with life. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know all of what's in the tropics. No, absolutely not. That's why there's all those stories about those lost worlds in the jungle of darkest Africa, you know. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, so back then, Antarctica would have been a polar rainforest, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Also, Jurassic World Evolution, uh, they have some. And also, The Land Before Time 3, The Time of the Great Giving, where a character that's a Mutaburosaurus had the extremely clever name of Mutt. <laughs> original, right? Yeah, God, that's a real pet peeve of mine. Naming non-human characters after their species. Me, more original. <laughs> all right, dinosaurs are from all over. All seven continents have had numerous dinosaurs uncovered each, including Antarctica. One of the rarer places to find dinosaurs, though, is Australia. There's still quite a few, such as Minmi, Australovenator, and the topic of today's episode. But compared to places like North America or Asia, Australia is relatively light on dinosaur fossils. Kind of interesting. It is interesting considering how old several of the strata really are yeah. down there. Yeah, I wonder if it's because there's not a lot of geological activity to kind of push them upwards. Maybe. So that and a lot of the Australian outback is really, really hostile. Yes, it's like yeah, there's well, it's a, it's Australia. It's the most hostile part of an already hostile place. <laughs> the the Australian outback hosts not only ferocious weather, but We've got a lot of venomous creatures out there. There's not a lot of water. Yeah. So if there are other really cool Australian dinosaurs, getting to them is probably not worth the effort. Oh, man, Australia has got so much crazy stuff. There's a tree there that if it, if it, there's fire on it, it explodes. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's... And there's the gimpy gimpy. Yeah, what's that? Poison ivy on steroids. Oh, God. There's uh there's the grass that has blades on it kind of. Yes, that is some sawgrass. Sawgrass that's so metal. Uh, so um the Australians lost a war with the emus? Yes, yes. The emu war? The emu war the, the where emus it was won. the declared emu victory. <laughs> Even though this was still after this was in the 30s so the farmers did have guns. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't but enough. an emu is basically a modern raptor. Basically. They just don't have teeth, but they have They have claws. the claws, and they have the powerful feet. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the best well-known uh, dinosaurs from Australia that was Mudaburosaurus, having numerous near-complete skeletons uncovered throughout the decades. A member of the Rhabdodontidae, a group of basal iguanodontids, it was more primitive than its more famous relative iguanodon, despite living roughly 20 million years later, which is a funny quirk of evolution that happens on occasion. Kind of like how platypuses, or platypi if you want to be technical, are more <laughs> pl- primitive mammals than woolly mammoths, even though they've since outlived them. <laughs> weird how that works. Yeah, uh, it is weird. Some creatures, like early on in the evolutionary line of creatures, they still somehow keep living on while other so their descendants and other branches keep going. So. I mean, if a design is solid, right? The platypus and it works. Been, yeah, the platypus has been around for a long time. There are plenty of platypi in the prehistoric and Cretaceous time. So the real question is, were the male prehistoric platypi venomous? I don't know, but uh, there was this one uh, uh, creature. There's this one website I used to like called uh, the Speculative Evolutionary Dinosaur Project or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Spec. 
It was like, what if, what would happen if the meteor missed and dinosaurs keep living on? What would they evolve into? And the people had a lot of fun with all these different creatures. And it wasn't just dinosaurs, too. They talk about, like, certain, like, platypi. They would diversify further. And there would be this giant platypi one that would be mostly aquatic. And it would be, like, the size of a, of a, of a small whale. You know, Star Trek Voyager even played with that episode. With that idea. Yeah, once. when they had the dinosaurs going into space. Yes. The I've, Parasaurolophus. I've, of, I've had clips of that one. While the dinosaur species to evolve into intelligent ones, Parasaurolophus is a bit of an odd choice, but... I don't know. They, they chose it, it probably because it had a po- semi-opposable thumb. I guess that's true. It's cool. But anyway, The so idea I, behind the episode's fine. So, the giant platypi that's the size of a whale in this speculative evolution project, guess what that was called? What? Moby Duck. <laughs> <laughs> They had so much fun with that. <laughs> She's patting the microphone. Just like... <laughs> She's slamming her head on the microphone now. <laughs> Why? They had so much fun with that. Oh, that was great. Pun to the extreme? <laughs> Anyways, Mudaburosaurus. Because Mudaburosaurus is more primitive, new studies have suggested it was incapable of fully quadrupedal movement and was predominantly bipedal like the earlier Iguanodontids, uh, Dryosaurus, and Camptosaurus. Well, that makes it interesting. Yeah, because like it's for as big as it is. You'd think it'd be like maybe more quadruped. No, but it's a pure biped, they think. so. Walking with dinosaurs mostly got this right. It was walking with uh, on two legs for most of it, too. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it's cool when they get stuff right on that show because they didn't. That always... is interesting when those speculative shows get stuff right. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of funny. They they the villain of that episode was the thing called a polar allosaur, huh. which is like a, a twenty foot long um, meat eating dinosaur they could use as prey for both the as predators for both the Mudaburosaurus and the starving Lydianosaurus. But they, it was based on scant evidence, and they didn't. But they really needed a predator, and later on they found. Like that, that evidence was actually something that, that wasn't what they intended. However, much later, like in 2012, they discovered a creature called Australovenator that was about that size. It was a different family. It was a Megaraptorid rather than a, an Allosaurid. And they were like, okay, retroactively, this polar Allosaur is actually an Australovenator. So even though Walking with Dinosaurs <laughs> came out in 1999 and Australovenator was discovered in 2012... They decide, okay, that's actually an Australovenator. <laughs> so if you go to the BBC website, it says it officially identifies that as an Australovenator. That is interesting. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> so, um, another notable feature about Munaburosaurus is the hollow, upward bulging nasal muzzle, perhaps indicating the presence of inflatable nasal tissue that could be used to produce distinctive calls. Well, that's evolved many times, so mm-hmm. that so is a probability. Some birds do that. Like... Yes. Uh,. Here in Colorado, the sage grouse. Yes, there's like frogs Except it's do that. Sacks. Frogs do that sometimes. You know, uh-huh. roop, roop. I think I'm, there I'm are doing the emotion here, guys. <laughs> I think there are a few modern species that have nasal sacs, but I'm not as aware of them. Yeah, well, no such tissue has been technically found. The shape of the nasal part of the skull does suggest something like this, so it could be neat. I wish I had a nose that could inflate and produce loud calls. Actually, no, that sounds disgusting, so never mind. Never, no. <laughs> That's a feature humans can do well without. Yeah, just... <laughs> I, I, um... 
the speaking of Parasaurolophus that we were mentioning earlier with Star Trek Voyager, one of the main characters in my book series is a Parasaurolophus, and they had a crest, you know, a nasal crest that a lot of people think theorized was connected to the the nasal passage, so it could imp- produce great sounds like a trumpet. Mm-hmm. So I have a quirk sometimes. This one character Quinn, if she gets really mad, she starts sounding really loud, <laughs> like like when she shouts something. Sc- Scare- like when she gets mad to the point where she shouts her shouting is so loud <laughs> thanks to her nasal I, I've mentioned that sometimes so I thought it was kind of a funny quirk because you know they talk so yeah uh, but yeah anyways that's basically it about Mataburosaurus. Um a good good creature you know Australian you know represent <laughs> <laughs> well, let's rate it 1 out of 65 million and then get the heck out of here <laughs> <laughs> Go put some shrimp on the bobby, right? That's what they all say, right? No, none of them. No, say no, it. that's just all. That's just Americans making fun. Yep, none of them actually Again. say that. Nope, nope, nope. America. That's us ignorant Americans not knowing what the heck we're talking about. Usually. Yep. All right. I'm gonna Usually. write this creature like a thirty million. Like it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not really no anything cool about it, honestly. I mean, it's just a big herbivore that. I don't know, maybe twenty five million. I, don't know. I, I was gonna say a solid twenty five. That's nifty. It's cool that they've found a lot of complete skeletons, which doesn't happen no, very no, often. No, exactly. Yeah, like, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> and if it had that nasal thing, that'd be cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if there's evidence like, for no. the hypothesis, they'd why not? A, they'd be a good critic or something, where, like, if someone performs on the display and they don't like it, they'd be like, no! And if they like it, yeah. <laughs> so, so on the voice or something. I don't know. Well, those places where they just rate it thumbs up or thumbs down, like Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> where do I come up with these things? Ah, let's be honest. As much as you script things out, we end up improvising half this stuff. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for the script. Uh, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact us at matchd at methadoncreator.com. For any questions to either co-host, uh, I, or I can relay them to Natasha or to anyone, you know, whatever you want. We, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Matthew Don Creator on Facebook, at Matthew Don 64 on Twitter, and Matthew Don 64 on Instagram. Um, I also have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. There is a prominent Mudaburosaurus character. Uh, she is the head of the Austral Armed Forces, and their nation likes to create crazy artillery. <laughs> Things from a, that can blow things up from afar. <laughs> she loves it. She loves. She's very patriotic about her country and just like blowing stuff up from far away for safe distance. <laughs> so that's uh, great stuff. Also worthy of MythBusters. Indeed, the whole Aussies with artillery trope. <laughs> um, so um, I. I uh, also have a podcast called The Rit Wits, where two twits talk about writing. You know, since I'm a writer, I thought I'd, you know, tell people, hey, here's how you write. <laughs> <laughs> Those, you know, who know stuff are obligated to teach their knowledge to a point. You know, if, if you just become a teacher and do nothing with it, then you're a failure. No, that's, fine. that's not true. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, that's it for this week. As I say at the end of every episode of Paleo Bites, uh. 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 